everyone, and welcome to episode 70 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as Ancient Games Make News with Lively Updates. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. I'm always happy about Lively Updates. Right, and that starts with iOS 11.4. It actually came out a week ago, but we had our special edition WWDC coverage, so... Now we'll talk about iOS 11.4, and the main features are iMessage and iCloud and AirPlay 2. So they're both pretty self-explanatory. iMessage and iCloud is essentially iMessage and iCloud, where it backs up everything, so now you don't have to keep as much local storage for your messages. Like for me, I always had it delete after 30 days, you know, because you can delete after 30 days, one year, or keep forever, and I didn't really care about old messages, but now with iCloud, it automatically sets to keep forever, so I'll probably end up keeping older messages and all the file attachments that go with it. Yeah, I always kept forever, and I think mine was up to like almost four gigs of space being used from all of the various pictures and stuff that once you have kids, you get lots and lots of pictures get sent to you and all kinds of stuff, so that was taking up a lot of room. See, this is a feature I thought was coming a long time ago. It seemed to take a, a while to get here. I I thought they said this was coming much sooner than it was than it ended up coming. Yeah, it's cool because also AirPlay 2 is the other main feature and it lets you essentially sync your music to multiple speakers, but the speakers have to be compatible. So the HomePod is the main one that's compatible, but there's also ones from Bang & Olufsen, Bose, Bowers & Wilkins, Denon, but just essentially brand new speaker systems so you can stream the same song on multiple speakers throughout the house and the airplay 2 functionality gives you a menu where you essentially get to see the different speakers right in the menu so you can have your iphone living room bedroom the apple tv and then select where the music's going to go to yeah i mean this isn't necessarily a feature that's going to drive me to go out and buy new speakers but it would be nice if you had something because another feature is say you're the one using your phone to stream the music to the airplay to speaker if you got a phone call it's not all of a sudden going to stop the music you can take your phone call on your phone and the music will continue to play in the background without a problem which is nice if you're like at a party and you're the one hosting and you don't want to tie up your phone and not be able to take calls then you're you're if you have that airplay too then you don't have to worry about that right and the fun thing like you mentioned is how long this update came because Apple actually showed iMessage and iCloud and AirPlay 2 at their previous event before WWDC, and it took the whole time. You know, WWDC was on June 4th, and it was the Monday before June 4th that iOS 11.4 came out. So they took as long as they possibly can, but they did get that update in, so it's still iOS 11 before they previewed iOS 12. Yeah, I mean, I can understand where maybe the AirPlay 2, where maybe the devices weren't out yet, that's what took so long for that. But the message is in iCloud, and they were probably just busy with other fixes and bug updates that they waited to push this out, because it doesn't seem like it should be anything that should have taken this long to push out. Yep, but it's now available. There's no reason not to update. This is probably the last update of iOS 11. It's been a fun ride, but September we get iOS 12 with all the fun stuff that we talked about last week. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one more, like, a dot bug fix before we hit September time frame. There's got to be at least some other bug that's going to creep up from this. <laughs> yeah, the last major feature update of iOS yeah. 11. Yeah. And so hopefully you update your device and you're ready for iOS 12 because there's going to be a bunch of apps that are updated for iOS 12. And more, these aren't app updates, but kind of a rebranding, relaunching of apps. So we'll start out with View News Redesigned, which is essentially, it's not a new app. It came out three months ago. But the 1.1 update kind of refined the main feature, which is this AI assistant called Felicity, which is supposedly help you find news. So the main idea is that you pick your general topics of news that you want to care about, whether it's sports or politics or entertainment, and then it puts it into this one feed where it's essentially just a quick like title. You have these little thumbnails of text that you can scroll through, and it's just the title and so you can get updated just from that title. You don't even have to tap on it. Or you can tap on it to read more. It sources from multiple places. So it's all aggregated together. And then it has this mode where it's essentially, you're in a hurry. It's called drive mode, where Siri's going to speak to you the different headlines. But it selects just a few headlines to read to you. And that's kind of the main emphasis of the app is a quick diagnosis of the news of the day. Right, yeah, it basically gives you maybe 10 or 12 stories based on the topics that you chose. And I noticed that it seemed to give me stuff even outside of the my preferred topics. It just seemed like it was very limited in scope as far as the news that it delivered, where something like the Google News app, which we just talked about a few weeks ago, had a lot more content, and it was still brief enough that you could scroll through and find the things you wanted to, to read about. But this one just seemed to not be enough information there. And even that Felicity uh, assistant that's in there, I tried asking her questions and she didn't seem to have clue as to what I was asking. I even asked like pointed questions about possible news stories that she could pop up. And I don't know what she's supposed to answer, but she didn't seem to have a clue about anything I asked her. Yeah, this is the type of app where it sounds promising, interesting, but then you download it and... It just really isn't. That Felicity, I couldn't find a question that she was able to answer even with this update that supposedly improved her. And then the news itself, it didn't seem to have as many sources, but more problematic is that comparison to Google News where Google News seemed to just find articles that I was interested in right off the bat. This one doesn't seem to have that intelligent aggregation, so it just throws, here's every sports story there is. Here's every political story for the day, rather than certain things that I've already shown interest in. Right, right. Yeah, it's not going to know what sports teams you're interested in or what sports you're interested in. It just seemed to be whatever they seem to have from their very limited sources. It seemed like every story that was on my list was from uh, the same sources. Like, there was one from... Uh, I forget what it is, one of these UK daily news sites that kept on popping up. And that's what it seemed like every single story it was showing was from. So I don't know. It it says it has 20 sources. I saw about two in my listing of things. So, yeah, it was. I, I thought it looked neat, but it just ended up being kind of disappointing. Yep, so that's View News Redesigned. It's free, it's universal. And that means it's time for some games. And first off is the Ancients AR where this game is designed and built from the ground up for augmented reality. You don't have to play with augmented reality, but 
It's a major feature of the app, which is all designed around real-time ocean warfare. So you position your ships, you battle against other ships, and you have different ships, they have different capabilities, so do the enemies, so you have to kind of be on the fly, strategically put them into place. There's slow-moving ships you want to keep kind of on the periphery of the battle. There's quicker ships that can dart in and dart out for more close-up battles. And essentially, the game is called The Ancients because you do the little seafaring battle between ships, and then if you last long enough, you can then activate this big, huge titan force to then essentially decimate your enemies like it starts out with just this big guy with a sword but then as you go you can unlock a dragon who can breathe fire over the whole enemy fleet and you just have these different ancients that you can activate each one of your ships has special abilities to kind of just help you stay along until you can activate that ancient yeah, I want to say this was a game that we saw at WWDC in the presentation a year ago, but I could be wrong. But that whole v AR component of it, like you said, you don't have to use it. It does look really impressive when you kind of just zoom in by leaning in, and you can really see the detail on the on your ancient, especially. That looked super cool. In actual use, I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of the whole AR thing. It, it seems cooler than I think usability actually lends to in most games because to me it just was awkward to play in that I wanted to just drag the screen around to rotate it. I really didn't want to have to walk around this thing in my room or in my office and try to figure out... Uh, to get around to find where this treasure chest was. I mean, it's kind of neat at first, but then it gets old pretty quickly. But the amount of detail they put into it looks super awesome. So I actually end up reverting over to just the mobile version of the play. It's for the most part. I did play it both ways, but I preferred just having it that static experience where I could drag with two fingers to rotate around or pinch to zoom to zoom in uh, on anything rather than having to lean in in order to zoom in. But like it, it is a real-time strategy game, but I, I don't know. All the pieces are there. It just seemed like something was missing for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, it just seems, for me, it was too easy where I didn't seem super challenged. And then also you don't have that many options to really be strategic. I mean, you can position your ships, but then they each only have one ability or one special. And then there's that upgrade path, but that just makes your ship stronger and be able to do more damage. So it doesn't really change the gameplay. It's neat that you get to go to different environments, unlock different ancients, but the core gameplay always it stays the same it never builds upon itself it never goes to the next level so you have more different strategic decisions it's always kind of the same idea of trying to keep one of your ships going for as long as possible as the different enemy ships come in and then to your point on augmented reality it's neat it's always neat to be able to walk around the entire thing and then dive in closer to zoom in or then pull out but sometimes you just want to sit there and use your fingers to zoom in or rotate the camera. You don't want to get up and walk around. Especially, this game really looks great on the iPad, but it seems like augmented reality is really great on the phone where you're more mobile or on the go. And then as neat as augmented reality looks, if you have that whole sea, I don't know how neat it looks out in your front yard with grass all around or in your bedroom <laughs> with carpet all around. So it kind of is a weird juxtaposition in that. 
Yeah, the I played because I wanted to be able to walk around and really zoom in. I ended up playing more of this on my iPhone 10 instead of my iPad. And I found it was the screen was that was a nice size if you were doing the augmented rally because you could easily walk around and zoom in not carrying this big device around. But I found it almost too small when you weren't playing with the AR mode because your fingers would kind of accidentally tap on the wrong ship because they're really small. Or you'd try to move, get your ship moving in, in a direction. You'd accidentally maybe tap the other ship or move it like you forget that you didn't have the right ship selected and you tap and you start moving the wrong ship. And it, it, that's where I got a little confused as, to, as far as like the inputs that I put in and the actual what I expected to get out and what was happening. It just felt a little, I don't know, like they can improve on the controls a little bit. But as far as, like, you start out with two different ship types. One is this thing called the Turtle, and one is, like, a, I forget what it's called, but it's a, a smaller ship, but it has a special power that you can periodically keep on reactivating where it, it moves at a good clip. But that Turtle moves dirt slow, and it just seems like I wish I could speed up the action at times, maybe like a little times two button, just while my ships are moving to where I want them to go, just because things seem to go a little too slow. I know it, and then there was even a way you could stop time if you were worried like the, the ships were coming a little too fast and you wanted to plan things, but... I never felt like I needed to use that because my ships were moving painfully slow. I think just the overall pacing needs to be brought up. And when you redid like these chapters within the game, the enemies were always coming at you the same way, which was great if you wanted to say you lost a level and you wanted to plan better the next time. But once you did a level, you knew how the enemies were going to come. Where if they were more randomly generated, I think it would have a little more replay value to want to go back in and try and uh, beat it for these other... Because there's like three missions for each level to go back and redo them for to get those other mission uh, points. But I don't know. It just felt a little disappointing for what I thought it was going to be and what it ended up being. Yeah, I thought that when you activated an ancient you were going to fight an enemy ancient it wasn't just like this i now win the level activation and then like you said everything does just move at a snail's pace even your fast ship you put it you activate this special where it speeds up and that feels like that should be the normal pacing of the entire game yes <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so that is the ancient's ar it feels like it was built for augmented reality to be really cool with augmented reality but at the game itself it seems like if they would have focused on a real-time strategy shipbuilding game they could have done more yep and so the ancient's ar it's 299 it's universal and then there's the creeps too and this game creeps from the past it originally came out in december 2008 so the app store launched in july of 2008 so this was one of the first games available it's a fixed path tower defense game and the sequel maintains that style but now instead of that 2d style there's now a 3d style but the same idea is in place where you have these kind of goofy little monsters walking along the fixed path and you want to keep them from reaching the endpoint. the first game you stopped them from getting the kid in his bed essentially they were like monsters in the dreams and so this one their monsters are now trying to get like a cookie jar so it's the same kind of idea you have very specific points where you can place towers there's kind of the usual towers of a regular blaster a more solid kind of like flashlight beam or like a glue sticking one and 
it's a lot of the same towers, a lot of the same monsters of the original game. It's just redesigned, made for today's standards, has that whole new graphics engine, and there's subtle changes for the level layouts with over 40 new ones included. Yeah, to me, it almost felt like they kind of made the levels smaller and more compressed than in the original game, because this is played horizontally on your device, unlike the other one, which I believe was played... uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is played vertically on your device, where the original was played horizontally on your device in landscape mode. And this one, it just feels like everything's really compressed down versus the original, where it's just this little small floating kind of 3D game board, if you will, uh, that is the path that you now have to get these creatures to walk through. I almost thought the original had a little more character with the art style than this new 3D approach that they're using for this one. I feel like I'm almost not even seeing the characters that are getting destroyed by my, my guns and turrets and things almost immediately when they come out, and I just felt that like the original game had more personality than this one does. Yeah, that's I kind of feel the same way, where the sequel just feels lifeless. Like, there was a bunch of charm in the original. And I don't know if going to 3D matters, because based on the angle, it's almost directly top-down, so you don't get to see the characters in as much detail as the original, where they're 2D, but there's a lot of just little subtle details to each character as you're blowing them away. And that's kind of disappointing because the creeps is a definite standout for the fixed path tower defense just in terms of the pacing the way the enemy waves amp up the way you need to focus on specific upgrades that they include the 2x button in case things are going particularly slow those big bosses the different tower types and very specific points that you can place your towers essentially there's some levels where there's rocks and tombstones in the way so there's very few points and then you have to take part of your time shooting those rocks to create a new space to put a tower so it's a lot more strategy in that fixed path idea but to take away that personality and the charm you're kind of just going through the motions i don't know if it's because tower defense games there's been so many since 2008 and just the styles kind of run its course the inherent idea that it's a slow paced kind of methodical gameplay it just didn't have that same appeal the same feel Right, yeah. I mean, this one, they, I did like the new like goal system where they had all these various goals for you to try to achieve during the the thing. I don't remember that from the first one. Granted, it's been quite a few years since I played the original, uh, but I did kind of like that. But it wasn't always, it didn't always seem, maybe I was just missing something. I didn't always know what the end goal was for a level. Like It just seemed to go on and on and on, and then eventually I would hit something and then I was done. I, I know there's an AR mode, too, which I did not try out, uh, where I'm guessing all it does is float that 3D board on whatever. AR, yep. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm guessing that's why they went with this 3D look for it, so they could do an AR mode and then have it. But I don't know. It To me, it just it had, it was during the era of like the dual jump and all that, and it had that great doodly... Uh, art style in the original and just like the characters were cute and this I don't know it just overall this was kind of a a fail for me I kind of want to actually go back and play the original now Uh, and maybe that was the goal get people to go back and play the 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 original game but I don't know it it, it's fun for what it is but a little disappointing at the same time right and so the game is free to download 
there's going to be in-app purchases that are related to the VIP packs, but I don't think that prevents you from playing the entirety of the game. Right, yep. And so that's the Creeps 2. It's free, it's universal. And then there's Silverfish DX. This is another game brought back from the past. This isn't a sequel. It's essentially just a relaunching of the old version. It's been redesigned for modern devices, modern chipsets. And if you've never played the original, it's essentially a top-down arcade game which plays a lot like Pac-Man but without the maze. So you have this free-flowing little silverfish character and there's all kinds of enemy fish floating around and you need to go and avoid them and then pick up these power pods. And once you pick up two power pods, your meter goes and is fully charged so then you can go on the offensive just like Pac-Man and then you can start eating all the little fishes for a temporary period of time and you go in that cycle of trying to avoid everything until you're charged strong enough to then eat everything and do it over and over again and try to maximize your score in that classic high score challenge arcade style game right yeah so i mean the two big changes between the original release and this new release are originally when you moved around like i love the original game and when you moved around you were forced to move on the orthogonal so you had to move like either straight up straight down straight left or straight right you always were making 90 degree turns so now they kind of give you a lot more freedom you can go anywhere now now you can move around and you you're not stuck to that that kind of 90 degree movement which added i think a lot more challenge in the original where you had to do that plan things out because if you saw things coming you had to like do a like a two-step to get around it if you really wanted to go diagonal so i thought that kind of added a little more uh difficulty and then the original also had three different game modes where now you only have a single game mode and i kind of miss one of the game modes from the original which was like this onslaught mode where you started off with four lives and three bombs and there was no pow meter whatsoever so if you got hit you lost a life and then you just tried to keep on going around as long as you could without that that kind of pow meter which saved you like crazy where it could just take out big groupings of them so i kind of miss those modes i i think i read uh, an article somewhere where they were saying that um I guess no one was really playing those other modes. Maybe I was the only one playing those modes. But it is great to see this game that was a, a really innovative game at the at the time. Like I, I played a lot of this game when it came out originally. And it's good to see it back on the App Store. And hopefully you'll find a new current modern audience. And these little tweaks that they made will maybe kind of not deter people that would get frustrated with that 90 degree movement and have that freedom movement. So I'm, I'm hoping it does well uh, for, for the developer. I just like the idea of having a game that is straight out of the 80s arcade because a lot of games these days, they feel like they need to throw all kinds of stuff at you. Here's certain levels, here's skin packs, here's modes and all this stuff. When the games from the past, you put in a quarter and you played the one standard mode, you played for as long as you could, and then when you lost, you would put in another quarter. So this ties into that idea of just classic arcade ideas. But like you said, that other mode they had where it was limited in what you can do it changes things up just enough and it might actually even be a better mode because this standard mode it's so specific like even pac-man the mazes change so they're different patterns the enemies become more difficult this game there's more enemies on the screen 
but it still plays the same as you get in and further into the game. Right, right, yeah. And so, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll reintroduce these other modes somewhere in an update if if there's enough people that are so fond and familiar with the original that they demand these other modes. Maybe they'll come back. But if you have not checked out the game before, I definitely recommend... Uh, giving this one a try especially if you like those classic arcade style games i think you'll you'll find this to be really fun and and challenging overall yep so that's silverfish dx it's 3.99 it's universal and then since we focused on wwdc last week there was a few games that we wanted to mention that came out the first one is feist which is a that silhouette style game it's reminiscent of badland or limbo in the art style and it plays very similarly to Limbo, but it changes it up by focusing more on combat. So you have this little, like, hedgehog type of creature, and you run along, there's these various kinds of enemies, whether they're spiky caterpillars or these dive-bombing flies, and it becomes more complex to things that are shooting spikes at you. There's different traps. And so you try to just move forward any way you can, and along the way you can pick up pine cones to throw at enemies or the spikes that are shot at you. You can try to find these little places to cover where you purposely trigger traps, and then that can kill the enemies, and then you are protected in this little alcove. And just try to get through those enemies any way you can, and just keep on moving forward. And then in that classic Limbo style, it's going to have these kind of gotcha moments where you'll trigger something, or you'll uncover an enemy you just don't know what to do with, and then you'll die, and then... It has that smart checkpoint system, so you don't have to go too far back to retry it and try to make it through these different challenging sequences. Yeah, I would say only like in the free portion of the game, only that last level do they make you go through a long sequence if you die. Uh, but it's also got those nice little puzzly elements to it, where, like you said, you come across an enemy that you don't know how to beat, but then there's things around you, things in the environment, things you can pick up, things you can use that you're like, oh, okay, that's how I got to get by this this particular character. Or maybe I have to take a high path where you're jumping on the the branches of the, tr- of the trees above. And so you start to figure things out as you go through and you figure out new ways of getting around the characters or maybe you got to time things better. But it's these little tricky things you got to figure out in order to progress further. And it, while it is very reminiscent of kind of games we've seen in the past, it does have its own unique feel and character, especially just that little guy you're moving around and the fact that he is so susceptible to the other characters that are out there. Like, if they bump me even a couple of times, he's going to die. And those guys with the spikes are crazy hard to... It's shooting them down at you. you got to time your movements so that they fire off a couple and then maybe you run for cover someplace else. But maybe there's another creature that's in your way and if you bump into them... If you don't time or jump over them, they're going to hurt you. And then maybe now at that point, the guy with the spikes is now recharged. He's going to start firing spikes at you. So there's a lot coming at you, especially as it builds to this last of the free levels where they've kind of put everything together and it gets more and more difficult as you go. And really, that was the hardest part of the free section, that last level. But you can definitely see where it's building as they keep on progressing through the story. Yeah, and, you know, it. I do like that style of having it free and then you unlock the full game. And they do give you 
the full kind of flavor of what to expect for the total experience just from the free portion. And like you said, it's nice to have a game that's familiar, it's accessible, but it becomes surprisingly complex. Just it subtly changes it to invert the idea because a lot of this style, visual style, lends itself to a game which is about avoidance, pure, simple avoidance. There's all these kinds of things to kill you. You need to just get through it. This game kind of lets you go on the offensive at times, and that changes kind of your strategy and objective going forward. Right. right. There are times where you, you can't just avoid things. You eventually have to face them down and do something. Otherwise, you can't continue on. And so it's it's it, like it's free to check out. If you have not already checked this out, I know we're like a week late because of the WWC. Hopefully you've already checked this out. If not, go ahead and go download it right now. I think it's a very well done game. And it's even if you just play through the free content, I think you're going to get a, a nice experience just out of that content alone. And odds are you're going to want to buy the full game by the time you get to the end of that. Yep, so that's Feist. It's free. It's universal. And to unlock the full game, it's going to be three ninety nine. And so to round out the week is Jurassic World Alive, which comes out a couple weeks before the film hits theaters or the sequel hits theaters. And the game, you could call it Jurassic World Go because it's fashioned highly after Pokemon Go. It's a very similar idea, and yet it's not as good. So you would think that with like two years of learning from Pokemon Go, you'd have a better game. But somehow they created a worse game where it takes kind of all the cool parts of Pokemon Go out of it. So you get to collect dinosaurs, but doesn't use the augmented reality instead you get less like top-down drone view where you just have to position this joystick to drop little uh, needles onto the dinosaurs to try to collect them and it's just not in your world it's this little created map so that kind of takes away part of the fun and then once you do collect enough dinosaurs you can enter battle mode and the battle mode is this turn-based strategy setup where you pick one of your two specials, your enemy picks one of your two specials, and you try to defeat their team of dinosaurs before they defeat your team of dinosaurs. So that's super simple. And that's not an augmented reality either. The only augmented reality portion of the game is that you can go to your collection of dinosaurs, press AR, and then throw one of your dinosaurs into your surroundings and just take pictures. It doesn't actually impact the gameplay. And really, there's not much gameplay to this game. You get to see the little map. You get to go to those locations to drop down the pieces onto your dinosaurs, and that's about the extent of it. Well, there is the... I See, I hated Pokemon Go. I played that for about a week before I stopped playing it, and this really holds very little interest to me right off the bat because of that. But you still are walking around location-based, having to walk to locations to go to those little chests with supplies and then to actually run into a dinosaur to try to capture. So you're still walking around on on the real-world map and trying to run into these dinosaurs, right? Yeah, that's but since it's the drone-based, you actually can be relatively far away. You can be over 100 meters away from the spot it just changes the amount of battery power for your drone so you don't have as long to drop the little needles. 
Right, yeah, so it's time-based. So basically, you are trying to drop the needles as fast as you can. You're moving your device around to line up your little target with the target that wherever it appears on the actual dinosaur. It could be big, it could be small, and then you're trying to drop those needles in the center to get the most hit to collect as much DNA as you can in the short amount of time. And the more you collect, the closer you'll be to outright unlocking that particular dinosaur and adding it to your collection. Uh, I haven't got enough dinosaurs yet because I, I actually had deleted it in between uh, the time we recorded last week because I didn't I didn't care about it. I didn't think we were going to talk about it. So I deleted it, reinstalled it today, and I did walk out to our cul-de-sac in order to get close enough to a dinosaur to actually capture it. It wouldn't let me even from like 66 uh mile uh meters or meters. however the meters, yeah, meters. away um it wouldn't even let me capture it from that close i had to have it enough that it was in my little circle range so that i could actually collect it in same with the supply drop it wouldn't let me i had to step outside in order to get close enough to to collect that as well but I don't know, these type of games, I'm just not into these where you have to travel around and it's real-world location-based. I Like, if I get time to game, it's not while I'm outside walking around. It's And this isn't going to get me to go outside to walk around to go to this. I'd rather sit inside and play a game where I don't have to use AR to lean over things. I can just sit down like a normal video game and play on the device. I don't know, that's my preference. I know that Pokemon Go was huge. I don't know how popular in actual numbers of players this is. I mean, like you said, the it's not like a physical thing where you're tossing the Pokeball out. And the battling, it looked like, because I haven't unlocked it yet, it looked like basically rock, paper, scissors, right? Where you're, you're no, choosing... No, it's you have two things. So you have, uh, it's not, you don't have any, like, it's not even as complex as rock, paper, scissors. Essentially, <laughs> you can pick one or two. And the one does a certain amount of damage. The two does a certain amount of damage. There isn't, like, classes or anything like that. Okay, but but what if both people pick two? They both do the same amount of damage? No, it, or? One or two are just your special moves based oh, on okay. your, like, this. my Triceratops can either gra- stamp on the ground or charge. Okay. That's okay. all that one or two are. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think the dinosaurs are cool. You can evolve them. I think you can try and combine them to get new types. Yeah. But there's all that hybrid but, dinosaur kind of fun stuff. But if you're into that, I could see where you'd want to play it for that stuff. And if you're really into dinosaurs, you might enjoy that kind of stuff. But again, if you didn't like Pokemon Go, I don't think this is going to sell you just by tacking dinosaurs on it uh, and using the Jurassic Park uh, property. I don't know that this is going to get people to love this style of game if they didn't like it before. I just wanted a more complex game to build on what Pokemon Go established and create a more actual game. Like, Pokemon Go, it still feels like it's more like a location-based app where there's not really gameplay. You're, like, doing tasks. You're going to locations. You're, you know, the battles are kind of task-based. It's not... So this game, I wanted, like, an actual game... And instead, it's even simpler than Pokemon Go. So I think that was even more disappointing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Ludia, the company that makes this, I think they're based out of Montreal. I just, I miss, they created a app version back in 2010 of The Amazing Race, which was so good. I mean, the graphics were pretty bad, but 
and it seemed like like a piece it would be like an old pc port but it was such a fun game and then they pulled that from the app store and i really wish they would just bring that back updated rather than release games like this like i miss that amazing race game but i don't know i guess there's a market out there people are are playing this game i hope it does well for them but I, it's just not for me yeah they had a fun prices right game too <laughs> yeah, I think is the Price is Right still out there? I know they have a Family Feud game. I think the Price is Right one might still be on on the App Store. I don't know. The Family Feud one connects to Facebook, so it's still available. I don't know if they were able to do that with the Price is Right one. Yeah, I, I figured the Amazing Race had to be property. Uh, it had to be rights that they stopped offering that one. Yeah, and so another problem, just to round out Jurassic World Alive, is that this is the type of game to be played on the go, where you check in quickly and then check out, it takes forever for this game to load. I mean, it's like a le- 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 legitimate 60 second <laughs> <laughs> for it to actual load. It's not like, oh, I just think this is taking a while. I, like, timed it. You know, when you're walking somewhere, you're not going to stare at your phone loading screen for 60 seconds. You're just like, forget this app. I'm not going to bother. Oh, well, tonight when I tried to log in, it first didn't update because I had deleted and reinstalled it, so it had to do some sort of an update. Then it sat there for five whole minutes doing nothing after trying to connect. Then I had kept on disconnecting. So there are obviously issues uh, with their servers at the moment, and maybe that maybe they are doing well. Maybe they have a lot of players, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. You obviously have to scale that stuff if you want people to continue playing. Because yeah, if you if you're just out on a quick walk or you go to a location just quickly grab a dinosaur, you're not gonna want to sit there for a minute while it loads and then if it disconnects in the middle, do you have to then recapture that dinosaur? I don't know. It's it seems like they're having some growing pains as well. Yep. Just wanted to mention it because it's popular. It's trending. I don't think it's worth your time. But that's Jurassic World Alive. It's free, it's universal, and I think that's everything for episode 70. Yep, that's all I got. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Mm-hmm.